Welcome to the Tour Junkies Podcast. This is DB, and I am not feeling 100%. I've been a little under the weather, but myself and Pat, we prevail. We cover everything you need to know for the John Deere Classic 2019, including our favorite picks. We've got some agreement on this one. We discuss maybe some strategy if you're betting outright. Michael Kim won this tournament at 300-1 to last year, so there is potentially a lot of money to be had. If we get another long shot winner, we're going to talk about the young guys. We're going to talk about Matt Wolf. We're going to talk about Bryson's face of defeat last week at the 3M. We're going to talk a little bit about an epidemic on the PGA Tour that is running rampant that we must stop, and that's in the chunk and run. And you can be a part of that. You can be a part of it. We stream this live on YouTube. A lot of you guys check this out on YouTube. If you've not already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's just Tour Junkies. Every Monday night, we're going to do a live broadcast of the podcast and you can participate you can comment you can ask us questions a lot of times we'll feature those in the show and it's just fun to interact so check us out on youtube we also put out other great content there as well uh, throughout the week and be sure and follow on twitter and instagram if you're not already at tour underscore junkies if you're a new listener every single week we put out an episode previewing that week's pga tour event including course information you need to know, key stats, players we like, players we don't like. We talk a little bit about the news on the PGA Tour. This is primarily for people who love the tour and like a little betting, like a little gambling. We hope you enjoy it, and may your screens be green. What's going on, golf addicts? David Barnett here of the Tour Junkies. Pat Perry with me. We are here to talk the John Deere Classic 2019 all things PGA Tour is what we do. Uh, we like to talk about DFS. We like to talk about betting on golf. And we like to interview tour players and caddies and golf personalities. We like to have a good time. And uh, we are uh, we're, we're streaming live on YouTube right now for all the YouTube viewers. Holla. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited about this one, Pat. Uh, how you feeling, buddy? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm uh, looking forward to this week. You know, John Deere Classic. One more week before the Open. Uh, at Royal Port, Port Rush, but um, yes, very excited for that tournament. But uh, you know, John Deere is going to be the third tournament in a row where we're just going to have a birdie bonanza on this course. This is one of the easiest courses on tour, just like we've had the, the with the new courses. We get some course history back. Ooh, yes. aren't you excited about that? Yeah, I see you're on your phone there, DB. Are you you uh, you you distracted you know, there? I'm just tweeting. I'm tweeting the people, letting them know we're here. Okay, good, good. Well, um, we are here and uh, ready to get going. I, I can't wait. And I'm, I'm interested, I think uh, talking about this past week's tournament, um, it's going to be interesting. I have a feeling you have a few questions for me. Uh, well, about... I mean, I think the elephant in the room. Oh, somebody on, on YouTube already recognizing that you're rocking the Savannah Bananas t-shirt. Very good. Mm. Uh, oh, it's our nice. boy Steven. What's up, Steven? Um, so, yeah, I do have a question. I mean, we obviously saw a really great golf tournament into a golf tournament last week, uh, the 3M. Matthew Wolf dropping a bomb eagle putt um, to win the thing. It was very fun to watch the back nine on Sunday. Uh, but, you know, we, we had a little chirping on Twitter. It wasn't as, mu as much as I thought it would be, but I wanted to, to chirp you myself, actually, you know. It was a few weeks ago, Pat, where you, you put out a tweet that everyone needs to pump the brakes on the young guns on the PJ Tour, these guys that were declaring 
their pro status coming out of the NCAA Finals. Um, speaking of Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, Matthew Wolf, and Justin Suh, and you know, you just then you went on a rant. You double downed on this rant on the podcast a couple weeks ago about how let's just slow down. It's the PGA Tour. Now they're playing for money. Now they're playing for their job. They don't have you know their card yet, which is all accurate. But you were pretty. Uh, I mean, you were pretty lit about that that opinion. It was a rather hot take. And uh, well, how do you feel knowing that freaking Matthew Wolf just took it? Colin Morikawa looks to be just as good. Uh, we know what Hovland's been doing. H- how are you feeling right now, bud? Um, so I, I, I got to clarify some stuff because, first off, um, you tend to like to bend the truth a little bit, so uh, we, we all know that. But... Um, <laughs> I'll, back, I'll go back to the tweet, and I'll read it word for word. And this was their first tournament, mind you, that they played. I can't I said, believe you know how to find a tweet that far. Apart, I, that said, far. I said, uh, cool your jets on the college studs this week. This week, folks, meaning their first tournament, and I wasn't including Morikawa because he had already played a tournament. Playing well as an amateur in the, on a tour event has very little correlation to actually playing well when you're trying to make a living doing it. They'll be good but I'll gladly fade in their first tour event that matters. In their first tour event that matters. Here's how they finished in that event, which I was talking about. I was talking specifically about that, not two weeks from then at the 3M Open. And I said, okay, so after I said that, here's where they finished. Victor Hovland, T54. Barely made the cut, by the way. Colin Morikawa, actually T36, I'll give you that. Matthew Wolf was T80. He made the cut, but MDF'd in that tournament. So, for that statement, I was correct. Then, further along, I got pressed a little bit harder on it. And I said, again, repeatedly, repeatedly, that these guys could be studs. I'm not saying they're not going to be studs. I just didn't want to play them. This is what I said when we talked about it on the podcast, too. I didn't want to play them at the, the price they were that week and at the, uh, at the ownership, really. So... Technically, I was right. Now, I've never said ever that they were not going to be studs. I never said that. And if you, if somebody wants to check that tape, then show it to me. Then I'll believe that I'll change my mind. But that being said, I did not believe for one second that Matthew Wolf or either of them would win that soon coming out on tour. And it's it's unprecedented. We really haven't seen that from many people outside of maybe Tiger. And I, I mean, I'm pretty sure Tiger didn't win in his fourth start or third start on tour. So. I will backtrack on that and say it is very impressive to see that. And I will also admit this. Of the three, I'm really not including Justin Sue or Suh or whatever. That he, that he, I really wasn't including him in this group. But out of the three, I didn't think – I thought Victor Hovland would probably win first before Wolf. Um, but more that dude is an absolute stud. They all are studs. I've said it all along. Um, so there you go. I've spoken my piece on that. Um, I, I, I got to say, I, I feel like you defended yourself better than I was anticipating. I mean, I didn't think you'd have the facts or you'd be able to find an, a, an old tweet that easily. So I'm, I'm going to give you credit for standing up for yourself. I think that's, I think that's, that's admirable. Good stuff, man. Um, and I'm also proud that you've started pronouncing the L in Matthew Wolf's name. I can hear the L a little better. Maybe because you heard it so much on Sunday, you, you've got it figured out. It's not wolf like a dog, but it's wolf. Um, wolf, wolf. I, are you are you gonna be officially joining the Wolf Pack? Man, that guy, I've always said he got a stud. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, 
That was impressive, though. The way he won, putting that, just making that eagle. And I, I know you were especially satisfied by it because he, he beat your boy uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Ugh. Um, yeah. Which was incredible. The the whole sequence after he made that putt where they're showing DeChambeau yes. and he's like looking all around. And he's like, Extremely what? Did, did he make it? Gratifying. Did, did he make Extremely it? Extremely gratifying. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, oh. Yeah. But DeChambeau played well, so. I mean, you know, I, I said on the show last week that I wanted to fade him, but I didn't have a good reason to fade him other than I hate him. Um, and I'm so glad he lost. I'm just super glad he lost. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it was a good event. Morikawa was the real deal um, as well. Uh, I mean, I, I think he just as easily obviously could have won that golf tournament uh, as Wolf could have. Um, What's very telling low- about, about Morikawa was the fact that he started off so slow yeah, and really did yeah. not. I mean, had a t- not a great front nine, and and could have folded under those circumstances for a guy that's so young. But he comes back and I think makes five, five or six birdies. I guess six when you count eighteen to get back himself back into it. That was very impressive to me. I mean, just yeah. and and same with Hovland. You you know coming in, you know had a you know a great round on Sunday to get get in the mix and finish in the top fifteen. So, whew, these guys are all going to be yeah. um, studs. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Um, it's f- fun tournament to watch, and they're, they're headliners this week for the John Deere Classic. Uh, and we're going to get into that here in just a second. I do want to tell everybody to check out the Aaron Fleener podcast that we just released. Aaron Fleener is the caddy for JT Poston. We've had JT on the show before. Aaron is a pretty hilarious individual. Uh, got him a good little following already uh, out on tour. He's, he's a, a caddy with a ton of personality. We had a great time interviewing him. It's like a 58-minute podcast uh, with Fleener, and it is just funny the whole way through. A couple of firsts on this on that podcast with Aaron. First of all, it's the first interview we've ever done in four years now where we have done it unscripted. We didn't have questions lined up. We didn't have things we wanted to talk about ahead of time. Um, it was completely unscripted, and it was a lot of fun. We knew we could pull it off, and we did. Uh, it made for a good episode. Aaron announced a love life, a big love life update of his that we yeah. that, that, that I will say Pat was suspicious of. I thought Pat was was wrong there, but apparently I was wrong. Uh, he announced uh, on our show for the first time who he's dating, which a lot of you, if you're on Twitter, will know who she is. Um, and it was the first time anyone we've ever interviewed like tried to commandeer our our podcast and and throw out a. Uh, a, a promo code for some stuff that they're repping. <laughs> you know, we always say no free ads, but he threw out two promo codes to these two companies that have nothing to do with tour junkies, but they just, I mean, first of all, a caddy with promo codes. I don't know that I've seen that, um, but he just took over and started throwing out promo codes. That was fun. We talked about a lot of good stuff. He told us a little bit of a, a story about some vandalism in Detroit a couple weeks ago for the rocket mortgage classic. Um, we talked about a dick on number on the 72nd hole when JT was playing in the final group, and what he did on the tee box to try to to try to get in JT's head and how JT handled it. Pretty funny. Um, and we talked about a big epidemic on on the on the tour, um, an epidemic that if you follow us on Twitter or Instagram, you're going to learn more about. Um, that you just need to check it out. So great podcast. Check it out now. It's probably going to be a lot more entertaining than what we're doing right now for the John Deere Classic. I will, I will definitely say that. Um, any other comments right. on the Aaron Fleener podcast? I thought it was great. It was really fun. No, it was, it was really fun. Definitely go, go check it out. Um, I liked doing it with unscripted. 
I actually yeah. felt less pressure unscripted than I do when it is scripted, which is kind of weird. I don't know why. All right. What's anyway. the uh, what's the what's the podcast shoes tonight? What you got? You know, Fleener's been making a lot of fun of you for your rosé that you had. Yeah, I got a little Tito's tonight with uh, with with a little splash of uh, of lemon in there. So there you go. Oh, I just mean, straight up club, vodka. Club lemon? two, club two. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you know, I gotta say I've been I've been pretty sick in the last twenty four hours. So my my podcast shoes is Mountain Dew, which I've not had. I've not had Mountain Dew, and I can't tell you how long. But you know how when wow. you're sick, you just you just have a taste for something else. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I was I was uh, DB's been on the struggle bus here the last 24 hours. Um, but you know, Mountain I'm, Dew. I'm, I'm pushing through. I'm pushing mm-hmm. through. Hopefully, I've lost a little weight. Does my face look skinnier? I threw up a lot. Does my face look skinnier? Not really. Not really. No. Okay. No. Um, before we get into this, we talked last week about rake-free DFS coming to the DFS streets by way of fantasy draft. And here it is. Like, it's such a big deal. We still don't have any more freaking details. Uh, you know, they're, 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 I, I don't know if they're, like, second-guessing themselves on how how big a game-changer <laughs> this is going to be. I, I Whether think maybe or not they it, should do it. Yeah, but, but uh, we, we, we do know that it's coming in July. We we've now have word it's coming next week. Either way, rake-free DFS is going to be something interesting um, because if you're paying high fees in rake to Daily Fantasy, that those days are over. Uh, that's called rake, okay? And it can cost you nearly 30% of your bankroll. And as the rakes continue to rise, prize pools are getting squeezed more and more. You don't want that. It just means more money lining the big old DFS gorilla's pockets, okay? But change is coming. Fantasy Draft is going to change the game, give you rake-free Daily Fantasy uh, you'll be able to play all your contests without paying any rake to the house, and 100% of all entry fees will be paid out to contest winners 100% of the time. Playing your favorite contest rake-free on Fantasy Draft means you'll save hundreds or thousands of dollars in rake every single month and not line the pockets of the big DFS companies. Every dollar will be paid to contest winners. Imagine what playing on Fantasy Draft is going to do for your bankroll. And register at FantasyDraft.com today. And be the first to know when the rake-free revolution begins. Promo code TOURJUNKIES gets you a free seven-day trial. This is going to be pretty cool. Uh, you know, we, we, we like playing the golf game over on Fantasy Draft, but they do Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL as well. Um, the golf side, you pick seven golfers, and they drop your lowest-performing golfer on every person's team. So they're only going to take the six highest uh, fantasy point-scoring golfers at the end of the tournament. Um, and, and that's how you that's how you can do it. So it's it's a little different strategy. It's kind of fun. I like a little more of a studs and duds approach over on Fantasy Draft um, because you get to drop that lowest guy. But that's that's coming. Rake free DFS. Say no to rake. It's going to be pretty exciting. Hopefully, more details next week. Pat, we ready for this? Yeah, let's just go and get that big swig of Mountain Dew right there. Get yourself ready. And. Yep. Uh, yeah, let's get in. Let's get into it. You ready for a course well, breakdown? Yeah, let's let's don't don't put the people to sleep on this course breakdown. We know what this, this is going to be really excited. quick. I know you're excited about course history and all, but let's just let's get this on. This is this is going to be really quick. So I'm just going to give you a, a quick little rundown here at TPC Deer Run for the John Deere Classic in Silvis, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. It is a par 71. It plays 7,268 yards. We've got bent grass greens. And also fairways this week, so bent grass again. 
We have a 156-player field, just like last week. Top 70 and ties will make it through the cuts. By the way, did you see the cut line last week, the the, uh, the whole deal with that? Oh, that made me so mad. Freaking Cam Davis. Oh, oh had, my gosh. That guy, <laughs> that was the I most ridiculous. My, my, I had golfers, a bunch of golfers at five under. Was it five under? Well, three under it, ended up making it through. Okay, so I had four under would have been at, in. I had nobody at four under. So I wanted the cut to be five under because my lowest guys were at five under. And then and then the and then the cut drops to three under. It goes from four under to three under with that. And that just yeah. totally screwed me. Oh, it made me triple so tripled the hole to to drop it to three under. God. Anyway. Um, okay. So anyway, this is a very easy course, by the way. It, it consistently plays as one of the easiest courses on tour. They will definitely score uh, this week. You have got three par fives, two of which are reachable, four par threes on this par 71. Fairways are very easy to hit. Greens are pretty easy to hit. So I don't think, you know, as far as stats are concerned for me, I'm looking at all the scoring stats, opportunities gained, par five scoring, I think will be important this week. I am looking at putting on bent grass greens because I do think this is gonna be a putting contest. So I think that's something to look at. Going out a little bit wider as far as my, my sample size for, for putting on bent grass. Uh, and then looking at strokes gained approach as well. I did look at proximity within 125 to 150 yards. I think that this is definitely going to be kind of a, a wedge um, a wedge show where these guys are going to have to really hit their wedges good into these greens. So I think that will be something that I'm looking at is proximity. Um, other than that, you look at past champions. We had Michael Kim last year in 2018. I don't really know if he's made a cut since he won. Um, I could be wrong, but I feel like that's the case. You had your boy uh, Bryson uh, in 2017, Ryan Moore in 2016, Jordan Spieth in 2015, not playing this week, and then uh, Brian Harmon, also, by the way, Bryson is not playing as well. Brian Harmon won in 2014. Steve Stricker has won here three times. Your course horse, though, is Zach Johnson. I think he won in 2012, but he's got a ton of top five finishes here. So there you go, David. I hope that didn't put you to sleep. Uh, that's that's the quick rundown on TPC Deer Run. Oh, I thought it was very good, sir. Very good. Um, speaking of Michael Kim, I mean, I hope he really planned out the $1.2 million or whatever he won when he won this golf tournament. Hopefully he didn't, like, blow it all quickly because, he, yeah, he's not made any dollars since that, uh, since that tournament. Um, I I like what you said. I mean, it, it very easy golf course. You got to be aggressive here. You got to make birdies. You got to make eagles. Uh, I agree with you. This is a you know a sh this is a contest from 125 yards and in. Um, bombers, short knockers, all everybody can win here. Anybody can win here. Michael Kim won here at 300 to one last year. Man, if you'd have hit that, that would have been a nice one. Um, so you can definitely you can definitely look for long shots to, to come out of nowhere here. I think this is a good spot to bet long shots. I think it's a good spot to um, to you know see, find some of those guys down at the bottom of DFS categories and plug those into your lineups. Um, yeah, so I, I think most of these guys are going to be hitting from the fairway, and then it's all about who's going to hit it closer and who's going to make putts. And I love the bent grass angle that you talked about. Uh, I looked at a lot of bent grass um, studs here over the last 100 rounds, courtesy of our friends at Fantasy National Golf Club. Uh, really good to see, too, last last week, old Moose out there at the 3M in Minnesota, um, founder of Fantasy National Golf Club. 
just people continuing to win a lot of money on Fantasy National. So if you've not joined, I don't know what you're doing. We talk about it every single week. We were some of the early founders of Fantasy National. So you can go to fantasynational.com slash TJ, fantasynational.com slash TJ. Sign up and you get 20% off any membership that is weekly, monthly, or annually. Um, and actually, I, I had a, we had a good question last, last week from a listener. If you subscribe to the weekly and you use our promo code, and then you love it, so you decide to up to the annual, do you still get to use the 20% off? Great news. Yes, you do. Confirmed from our boy Moose. Uh, so once you're in there at fantasynational.com slash TJ, that 20% applies to your uh, to, to whatever subscription you're choosing. So that's, that's great stuff. And we've said it for the last couple weeks. You've got the Open Championship coming up next week, so this is a great time. I mean, try the monthly thing. Give, give yourself a month on it. Because even a week, it probably isn't enough because it's a – it's a, it's a lot of data. Um, a week doesn't really give you the best odds to really get in there and check it out. So try a month on us, you know, well, well not on us, but 20% of it on us, 80% of it on you. Um, and then if you don't like it, let us know, and we'll, we'll try to get your money back, okay? But it's just, it's a great site, fantasynational.com slash TJ. All right, Pat, I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready to get into it. You want to you wanna start off the 10K? You always get mad at me for starting. Do you want to start off this week or you want me to go? You mean the over 9K range? Or overnight, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'll start us off. I'll start us okay. off this week. Um, okay. So I'm going to start with my favorite guy here in this in this range over 9K, and that is going to be our boy Joaquin Neiman at 10-2. I love him this week. He is checking the boxes, especially when, when you look at the stats. Um, you know, he's literally across the board he i mean other than that proximity stat i mentioned he is going to check boxes for you 12th in strokes gained approach he's fifth in ball striking 13th in opportunities gained he's number one in par four scoring by the way so i think neiman is your play right here i love his recent form so i will definitely have a lot of him and i guess what i'm gonna go ahead and just throw my fade out i'm gonna throw it out and i don't care the backlash i really don't and let me throw out this disclaimer also, okay, everyone, I'm not saying these guys will not be studs, because I think they are, but my fate is all three of these top, of Victor Hovland, Morikawa, and Matthew Wolf. I'm going to fade all three of them, because I think, Wolf, sorry, I think DraftKings got a little cute with the pricing here, pricing them all one, two, three, and I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fall for it. I will fade them, and I'm going to start with Neiman in this range. Below that, I like some Brian Harmon. I mentioned before that he's won here. He's been on a little bit of a heater. I mean, he's been uh, he's been in decent form when you look at, he had a top, he's got two top 10 finishes in his last three events. Yes, he did miss the cut at the Rocket Mortgage, but was T8 at Travelers and T7 last week at the 3M Open. He's gained almost 24 strokes on the field in his last five events, so I do like that. Um, you know, looking at stats, he's never one that's just going to wow you. Um, but he is six in the field in par four scoring. He's definitely a great ball striker. Checks a box for me in proximity. Also, um, you know, he's up there in opportunities gained. But I just think I like his form with Brian Harmon. So I think at 9,400, I'm okay with that. Again, this is a weak field. He, he is playing very well. So I like him. And then Sam Burns, though, is – just, I think he is a great GPP play. And also, I looked at my bookie. He's 50 to 1 on my bookie. I like that bet for him. Um, when you look at the stats, 
checking boxes there. He's 20th in ball striking. He's first in par five scoring, top 30 in the field in proximity. And he's, you know, he's been in decent form as well. Um, you know, he finished t top 10 last week. Um, I like that about Sam Burns. So I think that uh, that's, that's about three GPP plays. I think he's going to be low-owned as well. Um, I feel like Brian Harmon will be low-owned. Neiman probably won't be, but I'll eat the chalk there. Um, also, by the way, I think Ryan Moore is, is a great pick here. I'm going to take him as my cash play, even though I know that, uh, you know, I, I think he could be cash or GPP, but, but he is going to be my, cash, my uh, cash play this week. So I like some Ryan Moore. Checking boxes as well. He is, uh, when you look at, he's top 10 in strokes gain approach, top 15 in ball striking, number one in the field in proximity from 125 to 150 yards out, top 25 in par five scoring, also checks the box in opportunities gained. And you know, Ryan Moore has been sort of a hot guy the last few weeks, but he's missed the cut in his last two tournaments. I'm hoping I get just, just low ownership for him because of that. And he's got great course history as well. So I like Ryan Moore as my cash play at 9,200. So there you go. My GPPs are Harmon, Neiman, and Sam Burns. Cash is Ryan Moore. And I'm just fading the big three. The big three rookies. Um, well, before I get into picks, I, we did have a question on the old YouTube stream from Nicholas about any weather issues. Uh, I have seen some things that, that look to be popping up on the weather uh, in terms of some, some wind, some windy conditions, uh, maybe some rain. You know, it's kind of a staple for us now uh, doing the podcast. We, we don't really get into the we weather a whole lot on Monday. Report. Yeah, uh, we used to. Pat used to love doing the weather-wise report on Monday nights, doing the podcast. But it just changes so, so frequently and so fast, it's tough to, tough to do. But... That is a good point for any brand new listeners or people kind of just getting into betting on golf, whether it's DFS or the traditional sense. Um, checking the weather late on Wednesday before a Thursday morning you know, start is absolutely a must. You have to do it. A lot of times there are tee time advantages, wave advantages. Um, it's definitely a thing to look at. So um, that's one reason we, why it's we also tend a good idea. to be we tend to be pretty good too um, about it when we do see weather advantages and things like that tweeting it out on uh, on, on Wednesday night especially when it's going to be significant and and I'll say um, my, my buddy here DB is, is when it is really significant we'll, we'll sometimes do a quick little periscope with some, some yeah. question and answer so that's Thank something you. to look out for on, on Wednesday night. Totally, yeah. All the more reason to be following us on Twitter uh, at tour underscore junkies for sure. Um, all right, Pat. Well, so there's some interesting agreement here. Um, two of my GPP plays in this range you mentioned. Um, I love Joaquin Neiman for all the reasons you mentioned, and I love Sam Burns for all the reasons you mentioned. Um, I was on Burns last week, like both of those guys. Uh, Burns, definitely a birdie maker, and I love the $9,100 price tag here. My third GPP play is right below him in Wyndham Clark. Mentioned him last week on the podcast. I was all over Wyndham Clark last, last week. I, I needed Wyndham Clark or Hadwin to win the 3M to have a, a big week, but not in the cards for yours truly. But Wyndham Clark is definitely heating up, and you talk about an aggressive kid that can score. He's just as good as these other three guys. He's just he's not the newest, latest thing, and he struggled a little bit. But when he's on, he's really on. Uh, he's second in this field in birdie or better gained uh, over the last 12 rounds, according to Fantasy National. And he's, he's 11th in strokes gained putting on bent grass historically. But even if you look last week, I mean, he gained strokes in every category last week. 
He gained 4.7 putting on bent grass. Uh, he gained 4.6 the week before in Detroit, putting on, I believe, primarily bent grass. There was a, there was a little bit of POA in there. But your last two weeks, he's gaining over four strokes on putting surfaces, and he's a, an aggressive player. Um, I really, really, really like Wyndham Clark here. I'll have him everywhere. Um, big He's also gaining strokes in uh, club drops after after his yeah. drops. <laughs> he does good. He does good with that. Um, I'm not mad at him funny. for a little club drop. Pretty funny. Uh, my cash play is is Joaquin Neiman. I think you can play Joaquin at 10-2 on DraftKings and cash. Um, I think there's enough value in the 7Ks that I'll get. We'll get to here in a minute. I think you can play him in cash. I don't hate your Ryan Moore play. Just because the $9,200 price tag, he's, he's, he loves this golf course. He's on record saying he loves this golf course. He's got a good history here, so I don't hate it. Um, but I'm going to go with Neiman. I feel like he's more of a sure thing and, and gives me a little more a little more upside. However, I want to address the top three because you're a complete fade on the top three. Here's why I think you can play the top three in DFS. I'm sorry. Here's why I, can, I think you can play Morikawa and Wolf in DFS. It's just really hard for me to pay, to play the top guy anyway, but especially when the top guy is is a rookie, you know, is on his what third PGA Tour start and Victor Hovland. But here's why you can play Colin Morikawa and Matt Wolf because the the pricing is so much more con, con, compressed, I guess, this week. You know, a lot of times we're used to seeing your top tier guy at eleven nine, eleven seven, and then your second guy is like eleven one, your third guy's like ten nine or ten, you know. And so you're getting a little bit of a price discount, at least in DFS, on Morikawa and Wolf. And I know it's a, I know it's a crap field, but the fact that you don't have anybody in the 11K range on DraftKings means we're getting. A, you, they don't have to be. They don't have to be as good as a, as a, as a you know as a Hideki at 11.5. You know, in a stronger field. Um, so I think you can play Morikawa or Wolf if you want. I would kind of play. I would pick one of those guys and play the lower owned. If you're going to play tournaments, that's what I would do. Um, but I think you can play them in this in this field. Maybe Morikawa is your better option. Just Wolf coming off his first win. I don't. I don't know. Like maybe there's something to that. Maybe not. Um, but obviously both these guys are playing really hot right now, and so I, I think you can. I don't think you have to fully avoid them. But that's just yeah. that's just me. That's just me. Uh, well, but I mean, officially, it, officially, that, that they are not my fade. That is not my fade. My fade is Daniel Berger at 9,300. Uh, I think he's up here for name value alone, but he checks zero boxes. He's not played great uh, recently. Um, except, you know, I, I finished I mean, he was 15th top 15 last, last week. But. Yeah, finished 15th last week, but before that, not not very good. At 9,300, I don't I don't like the price there. Um, I think that one's pretty easy, to be honest. Well, I think what's easy is your is when is when you want to fade the top three. I think that's an easy fade. I'm not. I'm not so trying. You, to, I'm not trying so to start an argument with you. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. I think it's. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's, I think that Berger is. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying based off of form, stats, everything else. I don't even get the price at 9,300. I, I think you're right. It's the name value, and I think it is a fairly easy, easy fade. The other three, I, I don't know if it's necessarily an easy fade because I, I think that they've all shown, you know, great form and things like that. The thing with Wolf is that he's, you know, yeah, he won last week, but then, you know, it, it wasn't like he's gangbusters on his start. He missed the cut two weeks ago and was MDF the week before that. So I, I wonder if, if he is kind of a – I don't 
he, he's not a cam champ, and I'm not saying that he is. Like, he's just a, a guy that's just like he won coming out and whatever else. But I wonder how consistent he's going to be because we have seen more consistency out of Hovland and more, especially Morikawa. Really, Morikawa is where we've seen the consistency of the three guys. And that's why yeah. I would agree that he would be the one that I would probably play um, before I would play the other two. Um, and, and, you know, Morikawa at least got a little break. He, he did not play the Rocket Mortgage. So these other guys, you know, Wolf is now playing his fourth straight event. Hovland's playing his fifth straight event after the U.S. Open. Um, and that's something we tend Hovland, to talk Hovland about. Hovland didn't play last week. Did Hovland play last week? Yeah, he was top 13 last week. Hovland? Yes. Oh, crap, I missed that. Anyway, so he's on his fifth straight event, and we talk I had about zero that. Hovland, obviously. Yeah, you didn't have any Hovland. Well, you probably didn't notice him until he shot sixty-four or sixty, whatever he shot yeah. on Sunday, um, and got himself in the top fifteen. But uh, that's another thing with these guys is you just wonder, you know, the grind of the tour, you know, and and and, and what that's going to be like. But I'm not worried about that. And he's, I mean, Matt Wolf is twenty years old. He's, yeah, he's. I'm not worried about that. With well, Sun J M is showing that is 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 starting to prove the strokes game grinding um, a little bit wrong. When I mean, <laughs> strokes bled grinding. Yeah, strokes bled grinding. I mean, the guy he did have a little rough stretch. When you look at his last four starts, he's been really good. He's a, he's another one that I think you could you could probably look at this week. Um, but anyway, we're we're probably what spending you, too much time. Well, I think we got we can't leave here without talking through the one of the godfathers of the John Deere Classic, Zach Johnson. Neither one of us mentioned him. I'm sure you thought I was about to mention him. Um, $9,600, you know, obviously an incredible history here. We haven't seen him since the U.S. Open where he finished 58th. He's not been the same that, you know, the same Zach Johnson we've seen over the last few years. Um, what are you, you, you going to do with ZJ? Uh, well, he, was, he was who I wrote down, actually, as my other fade outside of the big three. I'm just I'm not liking where I've seen him finish. I don't want to pay up for him at 9600. About the only thing that he really checks is his. And we know he's a good putter on bent grass greens. He's actually fourth in the field when you look at the last 100 rounds and putting on bent grass. And this could be again. He's on a course that he that he likes, um, but I just don't see that much upside in Zach Johnson at 9600. So I'm 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 probably going to fade him this week. I I will say this though. You know, we talk about things, you know, we, we do this pod early in the week. Um, sometimes you change your mind on a guy. There could be, I could look at his ownership and see that he's he's a little bit lower owned when I'm looking at, at fan share, you know, if he's he's in that, you know, 7 8% range or maybe even less. I may I may look at Zach Johnson just based off the course history alone. But right now, based with form, everything else, I am I'm fading Zach. Yeah. I just when I when I dug into the stats and when I started looking at the form, um, it is tough. It's tough to it's tough to play him. I mean, we haven't really talked a lot about betting this this week, but I with with your winners here coming with a lot of long odds, I, I'm not going to be spending a whole lot of a whole lot of betting units on double digit players here. Um, and ZJ of course is, but if I were gonna put ZJ in, if I were gonna have any ownership to ZJ, I think it would only be in cash. Uh, just because I don't see him missing the cut here, I, I definitely don't see that. And if you wanted to have a cash lineup that started in the 9K and you went ZJ Ryan Moore, um, I, I I would be totally fine with that. But like you, I don't see the upside just yet. I don't um, I, I don't see given the, the the form that he's had, 
I mean, could he come out here in top 10? Of course he could. He loves this golf tournament, this golf course. But I think the odds are that he's not. Um, it just something something's off with ZJ. The putter's not been great. He's, he's just all around not been great. Uh, so for GPPs, I'd, I'd avoid. For betting, I'd avoid. But if you want to play him in cash, I don't. I don't hate that move. Um, so, yep. I just felt like we needed to hit him. Okay. Uh, I'll start the 8K range. I guess uh, I'm going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go right up here at the top with Kevin Tway. I'm gonna start off with Kevin Tway at $8,900. Um, I, I like I like where the game where the game has been for Tway. He did miss the cut at the Rocket Mortgage, but Rocket Mortgage, but he he missed that all on the on putting. Um, he, lost he also three and a half missed strokes. it on the freaking number in the yeah, very he did miss it on the very last seconds of. I, I had him, so believe me, I know. But before that, was playing very well. I mean, he's 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 making cuts. He's he's had some good finishes. Um, I, I think I think he can play well here. This will be his fourth time playing the John Deere. Uh, finished 12th in 2017, checks the box um, in birdies or better gained, strokes gained putting on bent grass, strokes gained approach, and opportunities gained. So I like Tway at 8,900. And then I'm going to go with a guy who's not checking a lot of boxes, really. But um, when he's hot, I think he's I think he stays hot. And that's our boy, Scott Brown. Brownie at 8,300 is actually, uh, I, he's a little high priced. I'll, I'll go ahead and admit that if you're talking DFS, he's, he's a little overpriced. He's 80 to 1 on my bookie to win, which should put him down in the 7K range, uh, possibly even like mid 70s, uh, mid 7K range. So the, the odds, the odd and the, the DFS value is not really there, but finished 15th at the 3M, just didn't have a great Sunday. But this is a golf course that I know Brownie likes. He loves golf courses that become, you know, wedged a wedge in a putting contest, um, and, and a golf course where it can't be overpowered uh, with distance. And so I, I, I like, I feel like he's going to be, he's going to give me an ownership edge. Um, I know that his course history is pretty good. He's gained 31 strokes at this golf tournament in the last five years. I mean, here's his last five years here: 12th, 25th, 16th, miscut, and a fifth. That's pretty freaking good for Scott Brown. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Fanshare says in terms of ownership, but I, I think people are going to not be able to pull the trigger on Brownie just because of the price. So I like him in tournaments. So I'm going Brownie, and I'm going Kevin Tway. And honestly, in cash, this is a first for, for us, um, I believe. I don't have anyone in this range that I like in cash. Not a soul. Like, I'm not a huge fan of the 8K range. I feel like this is kind of a dead range in terms of DFS. Um, I know our boy Joel Damon's in there. Listen, I love Joel. I hope he plays well. I don't like a tournament that turns into a putting contest for Joel. I don't like that. Um, but I just don't find – it was hard for me to find two guys in this range that I really liked, and I don't feel even that good about either one of them in cash. So if I were doing cash, I'd almost rather start with two guys in the 9K and then round out in the 7K and skip this all together. So uh, that's that's my cash play or lack of. And I'm going to fade Nate Lashley. I think, again, he's an easy fade. $8,500, you're getting him overpriced after the win a couple of weeks ago. Um, but we got to remember, before that, he was in the 6Ks or like low 7s for forever. He's never... I mean, Everybody's getting a price bump this week because the field's so weak. But 8,500 still for Nate Lashley is still no good. I, I would still rather play literally anyone in the 8K range 
over Nate Lashley here, in, in even given the recent form. So there we go. Okay. Um, I'll start with this, actually. I did not have Scott Brown as one of my tournament plays, but I did have him written down in this range, and that was because I, I, I do kind of like him as a bet on my bookie. And it's interesting that you said 80 to 1, because I wonder when you looked at that. Um, and, because now he's 70 to 1, because I wrote down 70 to 1. So that means that it probably a little money has gone towards him uh, on my bookie, huh. and they've, they've shortened the odds a little bit. So that's a little bit interesting to me. So I do like Scott Brown. I'm with you there. Um, I'll start with uh, I'm, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with my, my boy Bud Colley. Of I've course been on, you are. Of course, I've been on a few times this year, uh, and you know what? I've got to be honest. When I have been on him, it hasn't necessarily worked out. But I like his course history here. You look at his last two starts. He's got a T12 and 17, and then a T8 in 2016. Um, you know, he, he's one of those players that, you, you, again, you look across the board in stats, 31st strokes gained approach. He's 22nd in opportunities gained. He's 35th in par 5 scoring, also checks the box in par 4 scoring. So he, he can get hot. Um, you know, his, his recent form has been, you know, a little hit or miss. You know, he had a top 10 at the Memorial, uh, but then two missed cuts after that. He was T34 last week at 3M Open. Um, but I like Bud Colley as a, as a tournament play. And then I like Joel Damon as a tournament play, and I like him in cash, actually. I think, you know, you look at last year, he finished second here. I think this is just a good course for him. I just feel like, you know, a, an easy course that he can tear apart. He's, a, he's great with a wedge in his hand. Um, so I, I like some Joel Damon this week. I do know the putting may concern you a little bit. He definitely is, is, is not a great scrambler, but scrambling doesn't come into play at all this week. That is, I don't think that matters at all. It's just not a factor when you look at the stats with, with, with players that do well here. So I think you can play him in cash at 8,400. So I do like Joel Damon in both cash and GPPs. I'm looking at you. You feel like you got a little rebuttal there. but um, I No, I mean, I, I actually think that was a good point. I, scrambling doesn't matter here because if you're having to scramble, you're done. Like. This this yeah. this tournament is not about saving par, getting up and down to save par. It's about no, but he's not a good scrambler it, either. It close, so. But <laughs> just, 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 as yeah, a matter of fact, I love Joel here, and I you know what? It's probably one of those tournaments where Joel's going to get his first win. He's um, got a couple I, week I, I, break too. I, I like that he's coming I off hope of I'm a break. Wrong. Yeah, and, I, just and don't like, I don't know. If, I don't like the putter. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, we know that the putter can get hot in any week. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if his last few events, if you're looking at a recent form, really you know, or that telling. I don't know if there are great courses for him. I do like this course for him. So just the way he's played all year. So I like some Joel Damon there. Uh, as far as a fade for me, I'm going to fade the guy that I didn't even know withdrew last week, and that's Kyle Stanley. Um, you know, at 8,800, I just don't like the price. Um, you know, missed the cut last year here. His best finish is a top 20 in 2015. But other than that, nothing really that great that I've seen. He is going to check the box when it comes to stats. I don't know why he, he withdrew last week. I don't know if you know, David, but um, that's a little bit concerning that he did withdraw, and we, we don't know that there's an undisclosed injury because these guys don't have to report any injuries. So I think that that, that just puts me off of Cal Stanley, even though he is in good recent form. I mean, he's, he's, he's been playing well. Um, so I, I think that could. I, I don't know. We'll see what the ownership is for Cal Stanley, but he will be my fate here. So, there you go. Okay. Uh, by the way, Joel Damon is 134th in this field 
uh, in strokes gained putting on bent grass over the last 100 rounds. Joel does not like eat the bent grass. Um, also, funny comment from Nicholas. New drinking game. Take a drink every time Pat does. Pat's a tank. <laughs> Via the YouTube channel. I like that. That's good stuff. Um, all right. Well, that, there's the 8K range. Now, here's where it, it really starts getting getting crazy. The 7K and 7K range is really, I think, where the money's going to be made this week. Um, I, I wrote down a lot of names. I'm having a hard time narrowing this down as I do every week. Uh, this is where, like, again, subscribe, subscribing to the Chalk Bomb, getting the email, which we didn't put out last week. Holidays got us. Sorry. But subscribing to the Chalk Bomb, following on Twitter, um, checking out the articles on tourjunkies.com that come out late on Wednesday. That's where these things pay off because – on Monday night, I, you know, I've got like this pool of guys in this range that I kind of like, and I'm narrowing it down to try to give you three that I really, really like. But by the time Wednesday night comes, again, depending on tee time waves or depending on whatever's happened, a lot can change. Um, so let's uh, let's see what we've got here in the seven K range, Pat. Since I'm, I'm guessing you've already got it narrowed down because I don't do well at this. You're making fun of me. Um, who, who do you I've have? Okay, well, um, I'm going to start us off with. Uh, if you can't Tory. tell, I'm not on my A game. I'm not on my A game tonight. I'm just not. Well, you've been sick, you know. Condolences. You, you... Please send condolences. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, man. I, I know you've been sick. You've been throwing up and stuff, and uh, you're you're pulling through the. Doing doing pretty good, I think. Yeah. You know. So I don't. I don't. My head's my head's not right. You know. I just don't. I don't feel it. I I feel like right now I should. I'm I'm borderline like Jason Daying right now. Like I'm about to withdraw from the podcast and just let you finish it. Oh wow. I don't know if we need that, but I'll start us off here. I'm gonna go pretty quick and I'm gonna start with Troy Merritt. It's seventy five hundred. Who actually I like in cash as well. You look at the stats, he is twenty fifth in the field in strokes gained approach. He's top forty in ball striking. He is third in opportunities gain, checks the box and par five scoring proximity. Uh, I, I love. I, I like some Troy Merritt. I think that he's he's gonna he's gonna be definitely outperforming that seventy five hundred dollar price tag this week. When you look at his um, his tournament history, he's made four out of his last five cuts, and including a top twenty a few years ago in two thousand fourteen. Uh, recent form wise, been pretty good. He's got he's made eleven of fifteen cuts so far on tour this year, with a top ten last week. He's got five top 25 finishes. So I like Troy Merritt at 7,500. And then I'm going to go with Sam Ryder at 7,500 as well. Checking the box in. What is he checking the box in? I can't remember. Oh, good, good looking. Checking good. the box in good looking. He's good, a good looking. looking dude. He wears Sam those, Ryder's uh, probably doing pretty well for himself. Doesn't he wear the jogger things or the, the, pants, yeah. the weird pants? He knows, he knows how to get dressed. Anyway. Um, Checking the box, strokes gained approach, also ball striking, par five scoring. He is sixth in the field in proximity in that wedge range, that 125 to 150 yards. So I like that as well. Um, hmm. Sorry. He was also T2 last year, by the way, uh, like our boy Joel Damon. And has played fairly re good recently. He finished top 34 last week. He's made three of his last four cuts. So I like some Sam Ryder at 7,500. So both guys right there in, in that uh, uh, as tournament plays. By the way, Sam Ryder is 80 to one on my bookie 
So I like that as well. And then another guy coming off a good finish at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, Brian Stewart at 7,400. He was T5 at that tournament. By the way, he was number two in DraftKings scoring that week. Um, so we know he has a good score. I like where he is as far as um, just recent form. Uh, his his history here is not great. He did have a top 20, though, by the way, in 2015, but a couple missed cuts in the last four years. Did make the cut last year, but was an MDF. But I just like his scoring stats. I think that is uh, certainly going to be important this week. So Brian Stewart at 7,400. My cash play, by the way, is going to be Troy Merritt. My fades are going to be Danny Lee and Cam Champ. I'm just not – Cam Champ is not doing it for me. He's not checking the box yeah. in any stats. He's not checking the box in form. There's just nothing nothing to see here as far as I'm concerned with Cam Champ. And Danny Lee's just too inconsistent. I mean, he's had some good you know, good finishes lately, and he does check the box when, he, when you look at – where his stats are concerned, but as far as like his recent form, he's just up and down. He'll he'll do well, then miss a cut. Do well, miss a cut. His his history here is weird as all get out. DQ'd last year, withdrawal in 2017, T third in 2015, and then a miss cut in 2014. I don't want any part of Danny Lee. He just scares me. Um, so I will fade some Danny Lee. So there you go. That's me for the 7K range. I want to hear what you got because you were very excited about this range. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking to, uh, I'm writing some, I'm writing some notes from what you got to say well, here. I don't, I don't know if you should do that. I will say Troy Merritt and for probably the first time ever Brian Stewart were a couple names I had written down to look at. But I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go a few different guys here. Um, I'm gonna start near the top at $7,800 with our boy JT Poston. You know, maybe this is, uh, maybe this is a little Aaron Fleener. Uh, you know, just bias going on, but I like JT. You know, coming off the final group a couple weeks ago at the Rocket Mortgage, losing to Nate Lashley, um, so he finished 11th. He didn't have a great Sunday, but he played really well. And and we know from talking to JT, he loves courses where he can use his wedge play and his short game and his putting to his advantage. And he's checking boxes. He's actually 20th in this field in birdies or better gained over the last 12 rounds. Uh, 17th in strokes gained approach, 34th in opportunities gained over 12 rounds. Putts well on bent grass. He had this will be his third attempt here at the uh, the John Deere. He hadn't played great. He's made the cut, but he just hasn't played very well. But I think it's a new year for JT. I think he's playing better. Um, so I like I like that for uh, for him. I'm gonna go to Cameron Tringali, who I was on last week, and I'm gonna stay on him this week. Like JT Poston, not great history here, but. Just right now, he's playing a lot better than your average Cam Tringali, you know, guy can play. He's fourth in birdies or better gained, fifth in strokes gained approach, 14th in opportunities gained. Um, you know, it's coming off a of 42nd last week, but a fifth the week before that, 11th at the RBC Canadian. I'm liking a little uh, tall, dark, and handsome Tringali. By the way, saw saw his uh, his the picture of his girl on Instagram. He's doing pretty good for himself too, a lot like old Sam Ryder. Um, Strokes gained handsome there for Cam Tringali. So, and then finally, I'm going to drop down to, I mean, you guys should know by now, if he's if he's in the field and he's cheap, I'm going with it. Pat's doppelganger, Hank Lebiota at seventy. Lebiota. Like, just keep giving it to me then. If you keep giving it to me, I'm going to keep taking it. Homeboy can make some birdies, all right? Twelfth in birdies are better gained in this field over the last 12 rounds. Twelfth in strokes gained approach. And that's just what he does. Like, the dude doesn't, you know, this is his first time playing here. 
but he just I, I like the birdie potential for Lebiota. It's like you can look at his last few events and look at where he's finished, and there aren't really a whole lot of great finishes. 14th at the RBC Canadian, but he always finishes better than that in DraftKings. Uh, he always finishes, you know, you know, he may be 34th in 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 the standings, you know, at the end of the tournament on Sunday, but he's like 25th in DraftKings points scored. He just scores a lot of birdies and he can get real hot. Um, so I like Lebiota and the upside in DFS. I don't know that I'm ready to bet him outright. I'd like to see him get a little closer um, to to maybe finishing it off and putting four rounds together. Um, but I, I like I, I just at 7100. I just think that's amazing value. Uh, and then finally, I'm going to give you a guy that I don't think you you, you would have anticipated I would give you. Uh, but for my cash play, I'm going to go with Denny McCarthy at $7,500. Finished 23rd at the 3M, uh, 21st at the Rocket Mortgage Classic a couple weeks ago. Uh, checks the box and birdies are better. He's 7th in this field in strokes game putting on bent grass over the last 100 rounds. Um, Denny's just a putting machine. He just is. I mean, last two events with bent grass, gained 8 strokes at the 3M Open, gained 5.5 at the Rocket Mortgage, which, again, we talk about putting kind of coming and going, but... You know, I think with Denny, staying on bent grass is a good thing. Being in this weaker field is a good thing. So I like the I like the opportunity there um, in, in cash with Denny McCarthy. I feel like he's a good cut maker. I'm going to go with a little more bold stance in my fades. I'm not going to give you Danny Lee and Cam Champ, which is like the easiest fade in the world, Pat, uh, on this golf course. Uh, I'm going to give you a guy priced a little higher than both of those guys in Bronson Bragoon. The old Bragoon at $7,800 on DFS uh, or in, on DraftKings. I don't like the price tag for Bragoon. Uh, doesn't putt well. We've, we've talked about this being – this is one of those few events on the PJ Tour that I do think turns into a putting contest. I mean, obviously, if you win a PJ Tour event, you putted well that week. But this is one of those events where putting really, really, really stands out, and that's just not something Bronson Bragoon does. Plus, even when he does everything else really well – he doesn't have the greatest finishes. So for $7,800, he's missing the cut, or he's finishing 30th, 40th, 60th. I mean, sure, he had a he had a second-place finish at the CIMB in October. That's the last time he's cracked the top 30 on any finish. But I, I still see people talking about him on Twitter and stuff every week, which I don't understand. $7,800, I think you stay away from Bronson Bragoon. And then finally at $7,200, a course horse for TPC Deer Run, I'm fading Johnson Wagner. That's right, I'm fading Johnson Wagner. I feel like he's going to be a little chalky. I'd rather pivot to Lebiota or maybe even go Ryan Armour or Joey Garber just above him. Um, but Johnson Wagner, not a ball striker. He is a good putter, but I'll take my chances that uh, that the, the course horse doesn't doesn't play out this week. I'll just I'll just take my chances. I think he's going to be a little popular too. But obviously, yeah, I think. When you look at course history and everything else, he is definitely going to be popular. Um, People are going to see that $7,200 price tag. They're going to see all the course history. It's a name that we we remember from 2015 and Johnson Wagner. Yeah, um, but any, he's not any anywhere around. The, the only stat he checks is greens and regulation. But whatever. These are huge greens. Everybody's yeah. going to hit these greens. So to, I mean, I don't know. I will say, we keep talking about checking ownership. That's obviously done on FanshareSports.com. You can use promo code TOURJUNKIES and get your 20% off there as well. 
weekly, monthly, or annual subscriptions over on FanshareSports.com. And right now, I'll go ahead and get in there because the NFL is right around the corner. They also do NFL DFS. Uh, they are your source and our source for ownership projections. They're going to tell you who's getting talked up, where the chatter's coming in, um, and, and maybe who could be an interesting pivot for any GPP. So if you're playing GPPs and tournaments on DFS, you need a, a subscription to FanshareSports.com. They're great folks over there. We really like Devin uh, and Andrew, good guys up there in Canada, um, taking care of us and our people as it comes to GPP ownership for the PGA Tour. So FanshareSports.com, and when you subscribe, enter promo code TOURJUNKIES for that 20% off. Um, now, I will say I, I, there's a couple guys in here I might want to bet on. One is Ryan Armour at 125-1. to 1. I don't really want to play him in DFS, but I like the 125-1 to 1 number um, for Ryan Armour. He's a PGA Tour winner. He won on a, in a crappy event. He's actually checking some boxes here. Um, so I don't I don't mind a little Ryan Armour love. Um, Joey Garber at 110 to one. Our boy Joey G, who we've had on the podcast, he's pretty hot right now too, playing really well. Um, he mentioned on the podcast that he's not a big you know he's not a big hitter and he likes you know golf courses like this where you have to kind of strat you know strategize your way around the course, hit fairways, hit greens, make putts. That's what he does best. Um, and I like Joey G here at 110 to one on my bookie as well. So Joey G, Ryan Armour, both uh, three-digit odds on my bookie. Any other thoughts on the 7K range? No, I think we've uh, we've covered it well. I like okay. I like that range by the way. I think 7K is a good range. I do not, however, gonna, yeah. like the 6K range. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not it's not the best. I mean, obviously, you get a weak field like this. The 6K range is going to be really slim pickings. But I do think there's a few in here. By the way, uh, props to me. How did I get no Twitter action? I deserve some Twitter action for the Adam Svensson call last week. Do you remember that? Yeah. And you know what's funny is usually when I get the 6K calls right, I get I get a lot of Twitter action. You get all the freaking love. Like <laughs> nobody cares when you get it right. Was nobody listening? Was nobody did nobody listen to that part of the show? Like I talked about Adam Svensson, who was sixty three hundred dollars, sixty three hundred dollars on DraftKings. He finished fifteenth at the three M. Like, what are we doing, people? Give me some love. I hear you. Sixty seven hundred this week. I don't understand yeah. that. I don't um, mind Svensson this week. I, I think sixty-seven hundred. I'll play him. I would play him again. I'm a little interested in Robert Streb at sixty-nine hundred dollars. Streber is uh, the Irons are doing pretty good for old Streber right now. He's eighth in this field in strokes gained approach. Um, he this is he plays this tournament every year. He loves this golf tournament. Doesn't have great history here to speak of, at least not since two thousand sixteen. But in fifteen, finished fourteenth, thirty-seventh uh, the year before that. Um, but, I mean, Strever's, you know, he's playing okay. I mean, a 35th at the at the RBC Canadian, 21st at the Travelers, missed the cut at the Rocket Mortgage, 34th last week. I think just in terms of DFS, a cut maker at 6,900, I think you can get that out of Robert Streb. I don't like the winning upside, but I think you can get it. I think you can get it out of Streb. Um, I also like Kramer Hickok right there at 6,900. Hickok is 125 to one as well. The the books like Kramer a little more than some of these other guys in the 6K range. For example, Robert Streb's 175 to one. So Hickok at the same price, much lower odds. I like the upside for Kramer. Um, 
doesn't really check a lot of boxes, but I, I think he's just a, a good, young, solid player who could play well here. And I think he's from around this area, if I'm not mistaken. And then finally, I'm going to go with Sam Saunders. Um, that's probably a guy that you that you had looked at. I mean, Sam, sixth in this field in birdies or better gained over the last 12 rounds. Sixth for a guy that cheap, which is, which is pretty good. Finished 23rd at the 3M. Um, gained strokes just about everywhere, and with his irons especially, gained three strokes with the irons. He's 175 to one on my bookie. I kind of like that for Sam Saunders. Uh, probably throw a, a unit or so on him. And I think that's it for me in the six guy. I think I'll keep it above Sam Saunders. Well, I, I'm I'm okay with all those plays. Um, I got a few here that I will play. I, I'll say this too. I mean, this is this is a range where, especially if you're like on Fantasy National, where there's a lot of information that's thrown at you. There's a lot of stats. There's a lot of you're looking at recent form. You're looking at tournament history. There's a lot of different things. None of these guys really are going to go across the board. History, form, stats, all that kind of stuff. It just it just is not going to happen. So. I, for me, and, and I, I feel like I've done fairly well this year um, with the 6K range. Um, I could be wrong, but I do tend to sort of lean more towards form in this in this range and just trying to get guys at least that I've seen something in the last few weeks. Um, so one of those guys for me is Steven Yeager at 6,800. He's a guy that has two top 30 finishes in the last four tournaments. He was T30 at the Travelers. He was top 15 at the RBC Canadian. Um, it did make the cut last week and was T66. So I think Steven Yeager is uh, kind of a sneaky good good play there um, in that in that low in that 6800 range. Again, a guy's not going to check a whole lot of boxes for you. He does um, look good in par five scoring, but it is more form for me with him. And then also like uh, Tom Hoagie down there at uh, 6600. Oh, the people were waiting for a Hoagie call. All they the were probably on YouTube. They were clamoring for a Hoagie call. Why they keep commenting about Hoagie? Yeah, I, I can't mean, see I, the yeah. comments, but yeah, he has made four straight cuts with the top twenty-five last week, um, and then he does actually check a few boxes too. When you're looking at uh, the stats on Fantasy National, he's twenty-first in strokes gained approach. He's thirty-third in opportunities gained. Also thirteenth in that proximity stat between one hundred twenty-five to one hundred fifty yards. So I do like Tom Hoagie this week. I think he could be a, a good a good play now. If you're going to go turn course history, then you're not, you're not going to want to take Hoagie because he's missed three cuts here. So three cuts in a row outside of last year where he didn't play. But I do like him as well. And then I think if you do want to look at a course history guy, though, I do like Dominic Bazzelli, who has two straight top 25 finishes here, T23 last year, and a top 25 in 2017. Um, could be could be interesting as far as that's concerned. He's actually the third in the field in that proximity stat, but that I talk about. But uh, that's kind of a, a long shot for me. I think he's just a flyer. I don't I don't think he really uh, you know play a ton of Bazelli. But he pops the old Boz. I like Boz. The old Boz. Um, uh, our buddy Bill Brower just said, "I love Pat's big banana tonight." For those not watching on YouTube, Pat is wearing his Savannah Bananas minor league baseball T-shirt. It's got a big banana on the front. That is not a. Uh, that is not. A, Pat is not doing the show in in the nude. Thank God. Um, no. Yeah. Thank we would the, we would lose well, all subscribers. I'm sure. Um, all right. Well, there it is. Any other bets that you're going to make? Are you looking at any other any other guys on the betting front for right now? Uh, I think that's probably about it. I mentioned Scott Brown liking that one. 
Sam Burns, I mean, Sam Ryder liking that one at 81. Um, outside of that, I don't know. If, you, if, you, if I am looking shorter, though, because I, I will look a little bit shorter, I think that um, Ryan Palmer is interesting at 50 to 1. I think that's interesting. Hmm. So, Our boy Kyle Sinehe asking about first round leader picks. Uh, those always come out on Wednesday, man. If we can, yeah, we don't have we, those once yet. we get a hold on the weather and the tee times and the waves. Your first round leader. If anybody's giving you first round leader bets before the tee times come out, then you shouldn't be listening or reading the first round leader bets. Um, be sure and check out Ash Morrison's article this week too. By the way, we didn't talk about that, but our boy Ash, our resident European tour expert, is uh, going to put together a pretty nice right up for the Scottish Open. It may is probably out by now, actually. If you're listening to this or watching this, it's probably out by now for the Scottish Open, which is a big tournament for leading up to the Open Championship. A lot of big names over there. Unfortunately, the contests on DraftKings are not that great for, for the Scottish Open, but um, go over there and check that out. Read that. It's going to be good stuff. I, I do have one more one more bet that I think I would throw out there at 250-1, to 1, Pat. Wow. Michael Kim won at 300 to 1 last year, right? Okay. At 250 right. to 1, the old pothead Garrigus. I got a case of the Garrigus. Remember when I used to get my cases of the Garrigus every now yes. and then? Yes. What wow. you have with Garrigus is is a guy who is more experienced on the PGA Tour, um, who who has been who has you know contended before, but he's been suspended and lost his. I think he's lost his card, all kinds of stuff, because he's just smoking a little bit of the Doja. But he's actually playing okay. He can score birdies with the best of them. Two hundred and fifty to one. A little case of the Garrigus for me. I think I'll. Uh, I think I'll do it. I think I'll jump on that. Um, one and done for tonight. I am gonna go with a guy that you talked up. I don't know if you've used him or not, but uh, I'm gonna go with Sam Burns for my one and done tonight. <laughs> uh, that's who I'm also going with, actually. <laughs> okay. So there's, so there's equal love on Sam Burns. Big fan equal of him. Equal love on Sam Burns. Potential. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Let's get to the chunk and run, Pat. Let's get to the chunk and run. I, the chunk portion of tonight's podcast brought to you by our boy Aaron Fleener, um, the caddy for JT Poston. We talked about this on our interview with him. It was a hot topic. It is an epidemic, and we are going to do what we can to stop it. And it starts right here with you guys. You guys listening to the podcast, watching the podcast on YouTube. Uh, it is it is something that has gone down on the PGA Tour for ages now, and we are we are tired of seeing it. And it really came out with Fleener, and we want to do what we can. It, first of all, if, if you are part of the problem, we want you to first admit that you're part of the problem and then stop it. Pat, do you want to tell the listeners what it is that we're talking about? No. <laughs> I don't. Is it because you don't know what we're talking about? I'm gonna, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to let you talk about it. <laughs> Come on, man. Did you read the show notes? I'm just looking at it now. I'm trying to recall. Oh, you're just now looking at the show notes now, an hour and five minutes into the show? No, I'm just looking at the chunk and run. I, I kind of go slowly through here. So, um, yeah, I'm going to let you, you recap that one. Oh, my God. Something that came up when we were talking to Aaron Fleener. Grown-ass men on the grounds of a PGA Tour event leaning over the ropes trying to get a high five from a tour player. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, Memory there refreshed. Is, 
absolutely no excuse for what for what is happening so much on the PGA Tour. We talked about it with Fleener. He sees it all the time. We can't understand. We, we, we tried to walk through the psyche of what goes through a grown man's head when you, let, let's just say you get the high five from Brooks. Then what happens? What do you do? I don't know. Is this, I mean, is, is this like touching, you know, Michael Jackson or something? Like you don't wash your hand or something and you, you fold like a little girl? You know, I like you remember when Michael Jackson used to like touch somebody in his concerts, and they, did, they acted like 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 all of a no. sudden they had some. I mean, come on, you don't remember if you've seen an old Michael Jackson concert, like he would go out and like no. touch touch somebody, and they you would have thought they had some religious experience, like Benny Hinn or something, like they fall out. Yes, literally falling out. Like, is that what's supposed to happen when you get a high five? Like. I- I just think the, high, the the fiving tour pros and caddies is left should be left to kids. It, it should it just should be left to the kids. Like I've taken my son and he's gotten high fives on the ropes. He absolutely loves it. But there is a cutoff age where, and it's probably around 16, 18 years old. I feel like you are done trying to lean over the ropes, giving yourself rope burn under your armpits. You know knocking some poor eight-year-old out of the way just to get a five from a tour player who could not care any less about you. And then I don't understand the gratification that you're getting after. I, I just, I don't understand it. Unless you're trying to, you know, now I could put some sort of agent, maybe anthrax or something on my hand and like give it, like give it to Bryson. Maybe that would work. Um, and, and I don't even care if you're inebriated. I don't care how hammered you are. This should not be done, should not be allowed. And if you're a friend of a guy who does this, you need to stop them. This is ridiculous. And if you're out on tour, if you're out on tour, if you're at an event and you see this, take pictures, take video. put Tag us in that on Twitter or Instagram. Let us shame them. I want to shame them. I want what about to a, fist, a fist bump? No, that too. That too. No. I'm just this is not accessible. No, it's not. Okay. It's not acceptable either. What what is worse, that or the the mashed potatoes Baba Booey guy? Mashed potatoes Baba Booey guy. But I think it's yeah. I, I think you're right. I think I don't I understand that, that guy. I, I literally this has been a thing for so many years now that I, I don't understand what it is that you're like. Do you go? Do you record it, or you get the recording and you go back to your friends and you're having a cookout later your, that night and you're like, "Hey, let me pull out hole 17, Brooks Kafka's teeing off. I just threw out a Baba Booey. Let's all let's all gather around and be excited. Like, yeah. what do you what? What's the gratification in that either? I don't I don't get that. I want to hear from Baba Booey guy. I want to understand this. I I, I feel like. There's probably come from gotta, the shadows, Baba Booey guy. Come from come, the shadows. Come from the shadows. Reach out to us. Send us a message. Tell us what you're thinking and why you're doing it. I, maybe this could be like a documentary. We want to know about Baba Booey guy. Ooh, like, yeah. like a what 30 it is. Yeah, like what it is you're thinking. What it is that you know. Maybe we're missing something. You know, maybe there's a whole cult of Baba Booey guys out there that they have meetings every week. And we don't know what what they're meeting about, but there there's there's some sort of secret cult going on that we might should be a part of, you know. But 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 we don't know I'm it because sure we, we just we probably shouldn't. But I'm just saying, 
there's got to be some reason that they're being um, brainwashed into this Baba Booey culture, which includes the high five culture as well. Well, like, and now Baba Booey Bob guy Mary. might have a secret high five handshake or whatever. That there, I think there could be some whole underground stuff going on with this whole thing with Baba Booey and the and the and the grown man high fives. I, I don't know, but I'm just I'm just saying the Tito's may be talking a little bit now, but well, you've I, also got the Ripper Magoo guy now with Bob. Uh, Bob Minery's guy. I heard one of those on Sunday. That was uh, like on the back nine on Sunday. Yeah, I let out like a guttural ripper magoo. He's proud of that one. I, I just don't understand it, but I, I seriously, I want listeners, if you're at a tour event and you see this happening, I want you to video, take pictures of grown men doing this, and, and we will shame them on, on, the, on the internet. I, I, we, gotta, we can do something about it. It's our world to change. Like We can do this. We can change this. We can change um, it with Baba Booey guy too. Let's lump yeah. it all in together. Nicholas said that when it. they're when they're the age that they're not allowed to trick or treat anymore, it's the same age you can't get high fives. I think that's a good. I think that's a good, I like that. good take. I there. like that. Yeah. Um, that's a whole different finally, subject, by the way. Like teenagers and stuff, trick or treating drives me crazy. But anyway, let's. You're let's you are on. like the grumpy old man, aren't you? Like yelling at your kid, at the teenagers to not to get off your lawn and all that stuff, aren't you? Well, uh, in my I, I'll, never mind. I'll I'll I'll, I'll say. Okay. It. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm um, not that person. What I'm saying. I was going to go with the gated neighborhood uh, talk because we all trick or treat in the same area, so nobody trick or treats uh, in my house. So. Oh, gotcha. We all yeah, we all get in yeah. our golf carts and our TVs yes and we, yes. We go to the same section of the neighborhood. I got you. Okay. Okay. I got go you. All right, the run question tonight is a pretty simple one, I think, but it's good stuff. The three hottest things that you're streaming right now, boys, they, they want to know what are the three things that we're watching right now, Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, uh, whatever, three, three things that you're into right now or that you've seen recently that you liked. Pat, I'll start with you. Okay, so um, I'm not a huge streamer, but right now I have lately, and, and I'll start with Game of Thrones, okay? Because I finally caved after, and literally this is when the final... You're a throner now? Are you a throner? The final season started, I just heard so much about it, how great it was and whatever else. So I finally decided to stream it, and I'm now all the way into like season six or seven, I can't remember. And I will say, it's good. It's good stuff. I, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so I have I, I'm I am uh, a Game of Thrones person. Now I don't talk about it because it's already. I mean, now it's done. The see the last season. I've never over. I've never seen a minute of it. Never seen a minute of it. I I actually would recommend it if you wanted to okay. start it. But um, anyway, I caved and finally and finally did that. Next for me is. Um, Stranger Things, which I'm a huge fan of Stranger Things. It just started, by the way, uh, the third season, July 4th, I think. They had two episodes or something like that. So Stranger Things, I'm a big, big fan of. If you're like, um, I don't know, I don't know what just how to put it, like Goonies meets, um, you remember Goonies, by the way? Did you ever see Goonies when you were, when you were growing up? Yeah. Ex, yeah. Kind of Goonies meets X Files. It's sort of that that sort of yeah. deal. I, I like I like some uh, I like some Stranger Things. So I did, and that was that was a big one. Um, the other one for me that I haven't I haven't 
streamed in a while because they don't have a new one, but it was it was my favorite most recent stream, and that was uh, Ozark or Ozarks. Um, I love that yeah. one. Our boy Jason Bateman, who we both decided a few weeks ago in the Chunk and Run, was who we wanted to play uh, ourselves in a we in a in a movie or, or in the, a movie about the tour junkies, which is kind of crazy. Is is uh, the star of that uh, Ozark? So I love Ozark. I think it's it's fantastic. If you haven't watched it, you have to. It is great. The acting is great. The storylines are good. Um, a little brutal at times, um, as far as uh, because you have the drug cartel and some other kind of things. But so that's that's probably the three. But I'm not a huge streamer, by the way. I'm just 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 not um, into okay. that as much. Well, I wrote down Stranger Things. I completely agree. I love Stranger Things. The whole the whole fourth or third season is already out in in full. So I've. I'm almost done with it. I've watched wait, wait, wait! Episodes. Really? They put yeah. it all. I thought they'd like do it like Game of Thrones, where it's like week and week. They put the whole season whole out, out already. Whole thing's out on Netflix right now. Um, okay. Yep. So I love Stranger Things, and I'm actually not even a big sci-fi guy at all. Like I, I've, ne- I've never seen, I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen a full Star Wars movie. I've never seen Star Trek. Like I, I hate sci-fi stuff. Um, I think I think that was a good description, Goonies and X Files, because I I vaguely remember the Goonies, but I do remember the X Files a lot, and and I could get into that. So it's, it's X Files because of the, the the sort of the alien nature to it, yeah. and then it's it's Goonies yeah. because of the young kids. It's, it's kind and of the wild. 80s and the yeah the 80s vibe and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love Stranger Things. Big fan of that. Uh, also Ozark. Shout out to the Ozarks. I love that show. I'm, I'm ready for the new season like right now. Cannot I need the wait. New I yeah. will I will binge that. I really binged Narcos. Huge Narcos fan, but really only the first two seasons. That's on Netflix. It's about the, uh, the Colombian uh, drug cartels, the co- cocaine movement in the 80s and 90s with Pablo Escobar, and then the Cali cartel. Uh, if you've not watched that, I don't know what you're missing. You talk about brutal. Uh, the cartel stuff there is pretty freaking brutal. But I love the guy who played Pablo Escobar there. Freaking loved him. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. Ma-ma-ma. I loved I loved how I loved that guy. He was the best. The 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 Mexico seasons where they start talking about marijuana is not near as good, but the cocaine season unbelievable. Uh, and then finally, I wrote this one down because this is a sleeper pick. This is a sleeper pick, and I think if we got a lot of we got a lot of men that watch the tour junkies, and so they're probably going to look on Netflix and skip right past this. Okay, but I have a wife, and my wife made me start watching it, but I only had to watch one episode, and I was all in, and we finished the whole season in like two nights. It was only like four episodes, five episodes. But it's called Dead to Me, and it's on Netflix, and it's Christina Applegate, who we all, you know, we remember primarily from Married with Children back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Christina Applegate and this other girl, I can't remember, really funny kind of comedy slash drama, um, sneaky funny. Those girls are funny. Um, so Dead to Me, check that out. That's a sneaky one. So there you go. That's what I'm streaming right now. Good stuff, Pat. Anything else before we tell the folks, see you later? That's all I got. Uh, good show, David. I know you're under the weather. Um, next week, yeah. we will be back for the Open Championship at Royal Port Rush. Cannot wait for that that one. Um, Hopefully, so I have yeah. a better show next week. I, I think we're going to lose some listeners after this one. I don't feel great about it. It's probably because you didn't fight with me enough. I felt like you you yeah. sort of I don't have the energy. Yeah. I don't have the energy to fight. We didn't fight a lot. 
All right, well, let's, uh, let's hang up, and we're going to go do our DraftKings Tour Junkies After Dark show on YouTube. That'll be good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for watching. We appreciate the support. May your screens be green. Check out the Aaron Fleener podcast. It's really funny. See ya!